Welcome to the Wellness and Wanderlust podcast. We're here to demystify wellness and help you add a little adventure to your life. Tune in for a new episode every week where we'll hear from incredible guests and talk about ways to be happier and healthier in our new normal. I'm your host, Valerie Moses. Let's get started. Hey everyone, whether you're new here or you've been a subscriber since the very beginning, I am so thankful to have you join me today. And I'm truly grateful to be a part of your commute, your morning run, or really wherever it is that you're listening to the podcast. I hope you all had a wonderful socially distanced Thanksgiving and are excited to dive back into some episodes. Now, before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to share a few quick announcements with everyone. First of all, if you haven't seen it yet on my blog or on my Instagram, I launched a challenge that's free for everyone to join. It's called the De-Stress December Challenge, and it's here to help us all focus on our physical, mental, and spiritual wellness. I'd love it if you joined me on this challenge, and you can find more information on my blog at wellnessandwanderlust.net. I'm also going to be doing daily check-ins on Instagram stories. As I mentioned, the challenge is free. It's really just meant to help us all end this crazy 2020 on a more positive note. I think we can all take away some positive from this year. And so I would love it if you joined me and tagged me in your posts as you follow along in the challenge. My other announcement, as we're getting into the holiday season, it's time to start thinking about gift giving. And as I mentioned, you know, it's been an incredibly difficult year. So I wanted to show some love to a few new small businesses that I really admire. This is not a sponsored post at all. I just absolutely love what these businesses are doing. So candles can be such a perfect stocking stuffer. And I'm a huge fan of Bradley candles. Each scent tells a story. And these soy candles don't have any of the harsh chemicals that you find in paraffin candles. I love the West Medora scent, but there are several to choose from. And Anna Bradley even does custom orders. She also is a UCF grad, much like myself. And so any UCF people who are listening today, I highly encourage you to support a UCF night owned brand. There's even a charge on candle, which I cannot wait to place my order for. So the other business I'd like to highlight is Whiskey Business Bakery. For those in Central Florida who have a sweet tooth, Whiskey Business specializes in craft macarons and they are to die for. I can speak to this firsthand. If any of you suffer from food sensitivities like I do, macarons are also gluten-free, which is a nice bonus. I've linked both businesses in the show notes so you can check them out, but they would be great for some of your holiday orders. So in the spirit of giving, I'd like to introduce today's podcast guest. During times like these, when we're in a global pandemic, community and connection are more important than ever before. So in this episode, we talk to Kelly Astro, director of the Horizon Scholars Program at Valencia College, all about the power of mentorship. We talk about how mentorship can positively impact both the mentor and mentee, the benefits of giving back as far as your health goes, and how we can best serve our youth during the pandemic. We also talk about how listeners can get involved with a mentorship program like Horizon Scholars. And as a bonus, we find out what Bruce Springsteen song is inspiring Kelly the most these days. I've actually known Kelly since my freshman year of college at UCF, and I had such a blast speaking with her. She was one of those early influences in my college career that helped really cement the importance of that civic engagement in my own life. And so I was really excited to talk to her. 
I know you're going to love this episode. So without further ado, let's dive in. Hey, Kelly, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you, Valerie, for inviting me. This is so exciting. I've enjoyed watching um, kind of the process of you creating this podcast and listening to them, and it's an honor to be able to be one of your guests. Well, thank you so much, and I am so excited to have you on today. For our listeners that don't know you, why don't you tell them a little about yourself? All right. Well, I uh, my name is Kelly Astro. I am currently serving as the director of the Horizon Scholars Program at Valencia College. Um, and we'll get into a little bit more, I think, about what that program is all about. And I, I've been there for about, oh, almost five years now. Um, prior to that, I was at the University of Central Florida running all of the civic engagement and research uh, initiatives within the Burnett Honors College. And then prior to that, um, I spent... Um, about eight years at Drexel University running all of the first year experience and service learning programming uh, for their students. But I started my career um, as a, a third and fourth grade teacher right here in Orange County uh, at the school formerly known as Grand Avenue Elementary School, which has now uh, turned into the ACE School. Um, and um, I have been involved in education for as long as I can remember, and it is it is a passion, um, and it is such an important um, an important thing um, that uh, we all should be focused on um, for all of our students and all of our children in the community. I could not agree more. And in the time that we've known each other, and for listeners that don't know, Kelly and I have known each other going on, I think, 11 years now. Has it been that long? Um, I like to think that I'm still very close to freshman year of college, but... <laughs> I like to believe that you are too. <laughs> yes. But I believe it was 2009 when we met, and the whole time I've known you, you've been very involved with civic engagement. You were at the Burnett Honors College at that time, and it sounds like that has been a huge part of your career overall. What first sparked that interest in civic engagement and in serving the community? You know, I think that um, as corny as it may sound, it really stems from my parents and, and growing up in a family um, of, of parents who were very politically active um, in the 1960s um, in civil rights and in the anti-war movement um, and understanding at a very early age um, the importance of being civically engaged. And in fact, um, you know, I, I remember vividly my mother taking me into my elementary school where voting was going on and going into the voting booth with her and understanding that that was, you know, the most basic form of being civically engaged, but that it is incumbent upon all of us to give back in ways that we are able to, to other members of our community. And I think it was at that point also that it became very clear to me um, that, you know, I was extremely lucky. You know, I was I was one of those students um, or one of those children who had parents that where there wasn't ever a discussion. It was just understood that after high school, I would be going to college um, and that I had the opportunity and the access to really good schools um, from kindergarten on up. Um, I had every every opportunity um, 
to, to, to learn, um, to be engaged in my education. And what became clear as I started getting a little bit older is that that isn't the case for all students and all children. Um, and that there is a big, um, there is a big difference within the communities, um, not only here in Central Florida, but across the country in terms of the access to education that um, individuals have. And so I think that as I went to college, um, and to be honest, I started out with a belief I was going to be a physical therapist, which soon um, turned into wanting to go into education. I knew at that point that my mission in life would be to work in programs that provided um, access to education to all students um, so that all students had an opportunity to really grow, thrive, and, and to reach their fullest potential. That is so important. And I think I grew up very similarly where my parents, you know, it was it was kind of a given we were going to go to college and voting was something that you did. It was not really an option, but you would vote and, you know, voice your opinion every election term. I think actually at my elementary school, we 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 had an election my kindergarten year and it was really funny to see. I think Bill Clinton won 96% at the school. <laughs> that may have just been name recognition, to be honest. But knowing that, you know, college was always going to be an option to me. And it wasn't really until I got to college and met first generation students and people who had to work really hard who didn't necessarily know about these options available to them that I realized that, you know, this is not accessible to everybody. And that's why I think the Horizon Scholars program is so great. Can you tell our listeners a little bit more about Horizon Scholars and Take Stock in Children? Absolutely. I And I couldn't agree more uh, with you in terms of the importance of a program like the Horizon Scholars program. Uh, we are a scholarship and mentoring program for at-risk high school students in Orange County. Uh, our students are... Um, really have three things in common when they come into our program. They, they apply in the eighth grade. They go through a fairly extensive um, interview uh, application and interview process. And, and in the end, the three things that kind of bind them all together is that all of our students do um, live at or below the federal poverty line, so meaning that they all do receive free lunch at their schools. Um, they all are in the academic middle. And I think that this is important to note because there are a lot of programs out there in the school systems that focus on students who are um, gifted and, and, achieve, and very high achievers. There are also a lot of programs that provide very early interventions um, for students who are at or, or not at, but at below grade level. But what there aren't a lot of are programs, and especially scholarship programs, that target that academic middle, the group that is typically left behind. And so our average GPA ranges from about a 2.5 to a 3.4 when they are accepted into our program. And then the most important thing that ties them all together is that they all have to have a desire to do something academically based after high school. Now that could be going into a two-year degree program, a four-year degree program, or going into a technical certificate program, but they have to want to do something. Once students come into our program, they work with us for four years all throughout high school. They are really um, follow through our four pillars of promise of scholarship, mentorship, leadership development, and civic engagement. Students are assigned a mentor from the community who works with them um, 
ideally throughout the four years that they're in our program, but our mentors typically um, kind of re-sign up every year. Our students meet with their mentors 15 times over the course of an academic year for about 30 minutes each session. They are required to participate in a series of workshops, one of which you actually hosted for us last week where we got rave reviews for you on time management. But these, these, are, these are workshops that are really theme-based by grade level, so looking at personal leadership development and student success skills in ninth, moving into career exploration in 10th, college exploration exploration in, in uh, 11th, and then finally college transition or post-secondary um, transition in 12th grade. We also provide um, supplemental uh, workshops that, are, that will focus on topics of financial literacy, learning how to do basic adult skills in terms of grocery shopping and bank, uh, baking or cooking, how to, do, how to change a tire. We'll also look at health and wellness for students through these workshops. Um, and this year, we have also added um, kind of a focus on civic engagement and, and being involved in your community. Students also do community service with us. They provide 100 hours over the course of their four years, uh, working with a variety of nonprofit organizations. And then ultimately, we ask our students to maintain a 3.0 GPA. Uh, all of last year, we had an overall GPA of a 3.2, so we were really excited about that. We're hoping it goes as well this year with the combination of virtual learning and face-to-face in, in, in -face learning. But I think the thing that really makes this different from any other program, scholarship, or I'm sorry, mentorship program that exists out there is the fact that if our students complete all of the requirements of the Horizon Scholars Program, they walk away with a guarantee of a two-year Florida prepaid college scholarship to attend any state college or university in the state of Florida. So I think really what that does is it, is it changes the dialogue when a student walks into their first year in high school in ninth grade from if I'm going to go to college to where am I going to go and what am I going to study. And that is extraordinarily powerful um, as you begin that high school career. And we're fortunate because we are part of the Take Stock in Children statewide program that runs programs similar to this across the state. Um, and so we are very lucky to work closely with them to be able to provide um, additional resources uh, in concert with our Take Stock in Children partners. That's incredible. And I know I've personally really enjoyed serving as a mentor the last couple of years. I have the same student the second year now as a sophomore and getting to see her grow through this program and having to be accountable, I think is really something that's helpful. I think not only knowing that college is now an option for them, but having someone to serve as that sounding board and as an example of, you know, what they can do if they get that college degree or go for a technical program or what have you, I think that makes a huge difference in just seeing it in their lives. Talk to me about why mentorship is so important for students in programs like Horizon Scholars. I think most people, if they look back at their kind of primary and, and secondary educational experience, there are going to be people who stand out to them. They, it might be a teacher it could be an administrator, it could be a family friend, but it is someone who stopped and took an interest in them. Somebody outside of their close family unit 
not a parent, not a, not a older sibling, but somebody who could be somewhat impartial, somebody who could be that objective um, adult friend that can help to provide guidance, that can be in a listening ear, um, that can help to provide feedback and help someone reflect. And I, I think back to my, um, to my experiences growing up, and, and there are a variety of different people who um, have been significant um, mentors in my life. In fact, one in particular um, in college is the reason I ended up going into um, doing the work that I do, and that was the former dean of the College of Education, Dr. Um, Dr. Mary Palmer, who is still extraordinarily active in the Orlando community and the Orlando arts. But you know, I think that that for our students, one has to keep in mind that the vast majority of them, about 95% of them, will be first-generation college students. And one of the challenges that that brings is not having a wealth of knowledge about the college experience and especially about the transition from high school to college and thinking about what are, the, what are my choices after high school? What can I do? What are the careers that I can have? I think one of the things that a lot of our students will say is they, didn't, they don't even know the number of jobs and careers that exist outside of your standard you know, doctor, teacher, lawyer, accountant, and and now computer scientist, um, and also game designer. That certainly seems to be a big <laughs> one. But, you know, they start to be able to explore with mentors the different things that are of interest to them, not so much what their parents want them to do, but what is it that they want to do? And I think it's important to have that objective person to be able to have that conversation with. I think our students also and we hear this so often, they refer to their mentor as my person. It's my person. Um, it's the, I don't have to share them with a sibling. I don't have to share them with someone else. When we talk, it's all about listening to me and helping me. And it is also about my being able to share information with my mentor. It's, it's definitely a reciprocal relationship. But I think they like that idea that there is this one person out there that, um, you know, is not going to tell them to clean their room, is not going to tell them necessarily to, you know, to be nice to their sister, um, mm -hmm. might help them through an argument with their sister or brother, but is on their side. And it's, and, and I think the other piece of it is, is it is also important because it helps our students learn how to be accountable and learn follow through and learn those basic um, professional skills that are not necessarily taught in your high school classrooms um, that you have to learn through experience. And so by showing up for a mentoring session on time, uh, by completing an assignment that your mentor has asked you to do, you are learning how to be accountable. Um, for your actions and and to def and to follow through with um, the expectations that are out there for you. I love that as a mentor of someone who is a sibling, you know, has multiple siblings. It is really rewarding to be able to be that sounding board for them and to be their person. And I know the first time that my student you know, texted me when we didn't necessarily have a meeting coming up, but just to say, hey, I did really well on the exam I was worried about. And getting to hear that and building that relationship, I know for me was incredibly rewarding and I can only hope that it is for that student as well. Um, so on the flip side, why is mentoring beneficial for mentors themselves? 
You know, it's it's interesting. There's a lot of research that is done out there about um, the value of community service and the value of giving back and what it what it brings to a person. And and you know, we could spend a lot of time talking about how giving back can can significantly help your help your health. Um, you know, your stress level comes down. Um, you know, you are able to take a break from everything else going on in your life. Um, there are some of those basic things as to why it's a good thing for people to do. I think when you talk to our mentors specifically, um, some of them will come out with the the idea that when you sit and you talk with a student, and you know, and I think that oftentimes mentoring has a can sometimes have the impression that, you know, I'm going to mentor a student, I'm going to save the student. Um, our students don't need saving. Our mm-hmm. students need someone to listen to them. And I think at, at the most basic level, um, our mentors say that their listening skills become so much stronger. They're actively listening. Um, they're watching the body language of students. They're able to kind of look and see what, is there something going on with my student? Is there something different? Um, what kind of open-ended questions can I ask? We have a lot of parents who serve as mentors who will say, it has helped me learn how to communicate better with my own child. Because I now know, you know, you can't just ask a question, how was your day? Because the answer is always fine. You know, you have to say, tell me about your day and um, what was the best part about your day and why? And it begins to force our mentors to use those active listening and and open communication skills with um, their student. Um, I think that they our, our mentors have become more involved within the community and, and understanding the public education system. So for those who have children in, in Orange County schools, they have a sense as to what it's all about. For those who don't, it's a fantastic eye-opening experience as to, um, you know, really how, how effective Orange County schools are. And, you know, I think public education often gets a really bad rap. Orange County does a lot of things right. And I think that they have a better understanding of the inner workings of a school. They are interacting um, with guidance counselors. They get to interact with the people at the front desk. Um, And then their student is sharing more information about the schools as well. I think they also get to learn things um, that are are cool right now. I I know that some of our mentors have learned what TikTok is. (laughs) Um, they have learned more about, you know, particular music genres uh, or, you know, specific singers. Some of them will watch movies together. You know, they'll take a Netflix series and watch it and then they'll have conversations. We have some of our mentors who are doing book, um, kind of a book club, if you will. They're both reading the same book and then they'll talk about it. So I think it's also, um, there isn't a day that goes by that I don't learn something from one of our students. Um, and I definitely think that that's the same for our mentors as well. I also think, you know, beyond the interaction with the student, we do provide an opportunity um, specifically for, for our program for our mentors to interact with one another. Because I think that, you know, when you, when you join a mentoring program, oftentimes it's very isolating. You, you have your student who's assigned to you, you go into a school, you meet with that student, you leave the school and that's it. We want to make sure that our mentors truly feel as, 
uh, as if they are part of this Horizon Scholars family. And so we will host, um, you know, monthly conference calls with them. We, um, in non-COVID times, do actually some fun activities out in the community, <laughs> whether it's chocolate making or professional development, where we'll bring speakers in. But I think um, we, we have partnerships uh, to provide, you know, tickets to the magic or to Orlando City. So I think that we try to provide this sense of community among the mentors. And so we know that some of our mentors have actually been able to network um, professionally. And so there have been kind of enhanced business opportunities um, that have happened for them outside of our program, but because they met through this. And I got to say, um, we need COVID to end if only for <laughs> the chocolate nights to come back. I agree. I am so missing our make, make your own chocolate at Ferris and Foster right now. Shout out to <laughs> Ferris and Foster's. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. And I really do enjoy that sense of community that the program brings. And even in, you know, even during a pandemic, we're still able to meet virtually. Um, Mentors have hosted yoga classes and all these different things to really help keep us connected. So I think that's fantastic. And when I talk to other mentors at some of the events and virtually, there is just such a variety in what everybody does as a career and their skill sets and their backgrounds. What do you look for when you're looking for prospective mentors? It's actually really simple. It's someone who cares. It is someone who wants to make a difference in the life of a young adult. You know, our mentors, when you look at, people will ask us, what, what is a typical mentor? There is no typical mentor in our program. We have mentors who are finishing up their senior year in college. We have mentors who um, have been retired for 30 years. We have mentors who are at the highest levels of their industries, and we have mentors who are just starting out. We have mentors who have gone to college. We have mentors who have gone directly into the workforce who have gone into the military. So it, it really, it, it's a wide variety of people who serve as good mentors. And, and so when it comes down to it, I think the most important thing is we want somebody who comes into this with a very open mind, um, without a lot of preconceived notions of, of what a student would be like and what they should do and you know what certain schools might be like because of the location of those schools. Um, but to be open to really talking with this person and developing a relationship. This is not a one-sided thing where you go, I, I'll say initially it is a one-sided thing. The mm -hmm. mentor has the responsibility and it, it can be a little awkward when you first talk with a, a 14 or a 15 year old. But soon after that, it really does develop into this relationship. And I think that mentors need to be open to that. They need to be open to, you know, working to develop this, this relationship with this teenager who is desperately looking for, for advice and for guidance on, you know, what to do, how to do it, where to do it. And, and, you know, we'll have, again, questions that will be as, as specific to how do you find a scholarship that will do A, B, and C to, so I kind of like this person. How should I tell them I like them? You know, <laughs> and so it really runs that gamut. And, and I think that um, 
our mentors really appreciate that. And, and we want them to share as much about themselves um, as our students are willing to share about them, because that, that's, that's where, you know, as corny as it sounds, that's kind of where the magic happens when you begin to really have that relationship where, as you said, you know, your student texts you and says, I did really well on this test. It means that there is just this in, incredible level of trust that your student has in you. And, um, and we want mentors who then are going to value that trust and not let that student down. But there, there is no one set, you know, job description for a mentor, um, which I think is what, because I think the other thing with this is we take great care in matching a mentor and a student. And whereas with other programs out there, and I think for anyone who's looking to get involved with a mentoring program, you want to understand how do you match a student with a mentor? Because the relationships, um, there has to be something more than, okay, you happen to go to Oak Ridge High School and you are a female student and I am a female mentor and we both um, wanna be a part of this program. You know, it may work they may find something that works, uh, that connects them. But for us, we really make sure um, through a short interview, as you, you probably recall with our assistant director, she gathers a, a lot of information from a very short amount of time with our prospective mentors. And then because we interview all of our students and then they also fill out some additional uh, information sheets, we're able to match based on, not only on pot um, potential career interests, but also on personal interests. And I think that that is in part why we have about um, a 90, and on any given year, between a 90 and 95% retention rate of our mentors. That's incredible. And I can speak firsthand to, you know, how great the matching process is. When I was matched with my student, she, I, at first, when, when I was first matched with my student on paper, I wasn't really sure you know, we had very different career interests and I wasn't really sure exactly how I would be able to help her other than, you know, serving as that sounding board. And then as we got to know each other, I thought, oh my gosh, we are very similar. We have very similar interests, even down to some of the things that she struggles with. I think back to when I was in high school and I know these were things that I struggled with and that I've learned to overcome or you know, I found little hacks for dealing with some of those, um, you know, some of those challenges. And, you know, over time, I've realized, wow, you know, we were incredibly matched on personality and on those interests and the way that we operate. And so that has been really rewarding as well to kind of have a little mini me <laughs> that, you know, that I'm able to help with. And it has been very, very rewarding when she does reach out to tell me about something that she's accomplished or, you know, just something going on that she's working on. It's really an incredible process. And so that's been very rewarding in this program. I'm so glad to hear that. Absolutely. You know, right now we're in a time of major transition. I think it's a struggle for the adults and it's a struggle for the students um, with COVID-19 taking place, especially in that spring semester at the end of the year. Oh, and, I know. <laughs> yes. And being in the state of Florida, of course, you know, with the numbers high, yes. you know, so students are dealing with major transition. They're not necessarily able to see each other in the same way with extracurriculars, being in person together. 
how is mentorship looking different these days? And what do you see that students are really needing the most right now? Mentorship is even more critical in these times because of the way that we are all to some degree very isolated um, in our homes, you know, and and the fact that 60% of our students are doing um, remote learning. So they're not seeing, they're not interacting with their uh, friends at school or their teachers other than on the video screen. And I know that our students have have indicated that um, they do feel as though. they are somewhat alone and and it is our program that they really appreciate even more now because it is that means of connection for them. And so being able to connect with their mentor virtually has been a huge, huge help for so many of them to be able to talk about what's going on in their lives, to talk about how are they dealing with the day in and day day out struggles of living in a COVID-19 world right now. I've noticed that our students are far more apt. They, they want to see um, even our staff. We have a team of college success coordinators who are assigned to each of our students. They meet with them on a regular basis and we're having the opportunity to see them more often now. Um, And I think that we're also, um, as a staff, are able to interact with our mentors more frequently. Traditionally, with our program, mentors will go into a school and meet with their students there. Um, Since uh, this past April, our mentors have been doing their sessions on Zoom, and we have been kind of that the point that helps to schedule those sessions. And so every time a student and mentor checks in, we get to say hello, make sure everything's okay. And I think that no, again, knowing that there is this sense of community is critically important for our students. I, you know, we we say, um, and I, and I have to give credit. I, this is something. This was probably the highest, highest, the, the 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 just kind of the best thing someone could say to me, um, because I believe this so strongly. One of our parents, um, it was a couple of years ago, um, had thanked us for being her daughter's village. And that's really kind of what we have done um, for the last almost five years and and even more so right now that working with our mentor and working with the parent and working with the school contacts, we build these villages around our students so that they can grow, thrive, and become happy and successful young women and men. And it is even more important now when our students are are definitely isolated in their homes and feeling that loss of connection. And so, you know, mentorship is is working well. It is even more important. And um, you know, our students will tell you what they need. I think that's the thing. And 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 so every student needs something a little bit different. I think if we were to to wrap it up in one big bow, they want connection and they want to feel that connection with someone else. That is so important. I think that's something that most people I think are struggling with right now. And that the fact that these students are humans, just like the rest of us, everybody is missing somebody. Everybody, you know, is missing certain activities, missing the old normal. And I think it is so important to have that community behind you, even if it's not necessarily in person. And I've seen that in this program as well. My success coordinator changed as my student changed schools, but I still am in touch with the same person I had prior who has checked in on my student. And the fact that 
you know, everyone from the program is very knowledgeable about what the students have been doing, maybe their family situation, how they were doing in school, I think is so impressive and so important. It is. It is important. And I think that that's, again, part of why we have been successful with our students. And, and I, I should I should say, because it's I think it's a great statistic, 100 mm-hmm. percent of our seniors for the past several years have graduated and 100 percent have started uh, some form of post-secondary education upon graduation from high school. But I think part of why that that success is has taken place is because of just what you said. We do know what's going on with the students. We will share with mentors if there's something that's going on at home. Oftentimes, our students, our mentors are the first person that a student will share something with. And it is because of that that we are able to provide some kind of either early intervention academically, it could be some counseling services. Um, and especially right now, many of our students have had family members, as as have so many people um, across this community and across this country, have had people who have lost their jobs due to COVID, who are struggling even more so financially than they were previously. Um, And, you know, when we find that information out, we do try our best to provide resources to those families. And it's important that that mentor just continues to be there and, and that they are that one constant in a student's life. Absolutely. Now, what can community members say that they don't currently serve as mentors? What can they do to give back to students during these times? Well, they can come and become a mentor with the Horizon Scholars Program, of course. <laughs> and how can they how can they get involved? Very simply. It's such a simple process, Val. I'm so <laughs> glad you asked. Now, I think, you know, um, they are, it's, again, this is so ridiculously corny and it goes back to uh, what Whitney Houston, I believe the children are our future. It, they mm-hmm. are, they are, you know, what we do now with our students in, in kindergarten through 12th grade will significantly impact where we are 10, 20, 30, 40 years down the line. And if we do not provide them with the proper resources to become engaged um, socially and civically responsible individuals who can, who understand how to think, who appreciate being active learners, who develop this passion for lifelong learning, we are only hurting ourselves now. And so anyone who is interested in becoming a mentor should, can definitely contact us um, at horizonscholars at valenciacollege.edu. All you need to say is, hi, I want to be a mentor, and we will take it from there. We have Facebook pages. Um, we are on Instagram. We are also on Twitter. You can just search for Valencia College Horizon Scholars Program. We will pop up. You can direct message us through that. You can also, if you would like to call us, 407-582-3008. Um, but it is it is very simple for someone to get started. It is a, as you know, Val, it was a very simple application. It was just basically an interest uh, information sheet. Um, our assistant director, Lindsay Regroot, then goes through and does a short phone interview to get a little bit more information. We provide training for mentors. We I would never dream of just saying, oh, you want to be a mentor? Okay, here you go. You're matched. Go. No, we want to make sure that you feel prepared to do this. So we provide materials and resources. 
Um, we have a group of mentor ambassadors who are ex people who have been with us for about four years who, um, you know, have a lot of experience in mentoring that, that, you know, mentors can talk to and get advice from. And of course, you have your college success coordinator who is also assigned to you. So it's a very simple process, but we provide, and there's a lot of flexibility within it even though we have a very structured program. And I think that's what's nice. And I think that's what keep brings people, keeps people coming back is because of the fact that we are a structured program with a lot of follow-up and follow-through. But within that, there's a lot of flexibility to be your own, to create your own style of mentoring. I think that's so important. And that's something that I found to be very helpful, that there are guidelines, there are resources provided to us so that we can help our student. But ultimately, if our student does have something else going on in their lives, we're equipped to handle that as well. And we know that we can turn to the staff um, if we have questions or concerns as well. And so I found that to be very, very helpful through the through the training. So most of our listeners, I think right now are in Central Florida. We do have some outside of the state of Florida as well. Um, so for those outside of Florida, where can they look for programs to be able to volunteer their time as mentors? Absolutely. And, and I'll also take for those people who live outside of Central Florida, I would encourage you if you're interested in getting involved in a program like this to look up the Take Stock in Children program within your county. Take Stock in Children services all counties in the state of Florida. We have 45, I believe 45 affiliates. We are the Orange County affiliate. Some of them will um, manage more than one county. But they all have programs that are fairly similar. We, Because we are part of Valencia College, we are able to add a lot of additional um, enhancements to our program to truly create this unique educational experience for them. Um, but they, but the, the, you know, the heart and soul of what we do is mentoring. And so you can, you can contact a take stock and children program across the state for those who are outside of the state. And I think the other thing is, and I'll just kind of do a little bit of a personal plug. Right now, because of COVID, we are a virtual mentoring program. And so that does mean that we have the opportunity to invite people who are not necessarily in the state uh, or e either locally within Central Florida or even in the state who might want to mentor with us, the opportunity to mentor with us this year. So um, if you live you know, in, in Massachusetts, feel free to contact us. We probably can match you with a student. But um, for those who would like to get involved in their local communities, I think the first thing that um, there are two big resources, I would say. The number one is go to your school district. Look at your school district. They will have mentor programs that are either sponsored by the district or supported by them um, that they're in partnership with. That can be a great resource to find um, initial places. The other place that I would encourage you to look at is um, in uh, an organization um, called Mentor.com. This is kind of a, a mentoring clearinghouse that has a lot of information about programs across the country, and it can be a great starting off piece. But I think the other thing is you can literally just Google mentoring programs and put your town, your county, your city, and they're going to be programs that come up. You're going to want to do a little research on them to make sure that they are legitimate, <laughs> um, you know, that they are safe for both the student and the mentor. 
um, and and that they provide certain you know training and, and certain precautions to make sure again that everybody is safe who's involved in it. But there are so many that are out there. Um, and you know, not all of the mentoring programs are going to offer a scholarship like we do, um, but there are a lot of really incredible programs that exist out there. That's awesome. And I will definitely link that mentor.com in our show notes as well so that our listeners outside of Florida can access that. And then, of course, all of the contact information that you provided for Horizon Scholars and for Take Stock as well. So we'll make sure to link all of that. Wonderful. And I will say this, even though we are, what, a, uh, nine weeks, now almost 10 weeks into the new school year, we still have some students who need mentors. Um, so this is not a program where you need to start at the beginning of a school year. We do have students who need mentors right now. Periodically, we will have a mentor who has a job change or a life change, and we need to find a new person to take over. And because we are part of the statewide um, program of Take Stock in Children, the thing that really is fantastic about that is that if there is a student from another county um, whose family moves into Orange County, we will actually take that student on. They become our student um, and we will work with them until they graduate. And so therefore we look for a new mentor to work with that student and, and you know, vice versa. If a, one of our students happens to leave and move to Brevard County, our partners over in Brevard will take over um, working with that student. So that's, the, that's one of the great things is that a student who comes into the program, again, if they're doing everything they're supposed to, will have that guarantee of that two-year scholarship when they graduate. That's incredible and so important. So I am very happy to hear that. I think the fact that there is so much support statewide is just huge for these students. I would love to dive into some rapid fire questions. We okay. ask all of our guests just to get to know you a little better. Um, so are you ready to dive in? I am ready. Let's, awesome. let's fire away. Okay. What is your top wellness tip? Uh, three things, walk, breathe, and know when it is time to put the work away and understand how to separate because everybody needs to be able to separate at some point. Otherwise, especially with the work that we do, it can become overwhelming. So as long as you can walk and take it, take those deep breaths. And then of course, um, know when to, to shut it down a little bit. Do that. I think the other thing is for wellness, um, we always are focused on, you know, doing yoga or getting exercise. I think another thing is you have to, you have to love the work that you do because I think that provides me as much wellness sometimes as going out for a walk. I love what I do. And so there is nothing that makes me happier than seeing a student succeed. And, you know, there is nothing that makes me feel more well than seeing one of our students um, achieve everything that they've ever hoped for. I love that. I think that's so important. Right now, we are probably spending even more time working. But usually, I mean, it's at least a third of your life is spent in the office or working and you have to love what you're doing or else, you know, a third of your life can be pretty rough. It can be. It can be. So I think that is so important. Where is your favorite travel destination? This is a hard one because this is, I have not traveled anywhere since, <laughs> since uh, February, it seems. Yes. Um, 
I would say probably the one place that I absolutely love going to every year, and I, I was very sad that I was unable to get there this year due to COVID, is uh, Martha's Vineyard. I was uh, mm-hmm. I spent most of my childhood growing up um, right outside of Boston, and so I am I am definitely a Bostonian and a New Englander at heart. Um, I moved down to Florida when I was going into kind of late middle school and into high school, so I really consider. Um, Although I was born on the West Coast um, in Oregon, I really consider like my hometowns of being um, Boston and then Orlando. Martha's Vineyard is that place uh, is a is a for those who don't know is an island right off the coast of Cape Cod of, of Massachusetts, and it is just my my place to to just be. When you talk about wellness tip, that's where I gain most of my my wellness. I I, I reboot there. I can just sit and watch boats. Um, I'm not usually on the boats, but I will watch the boats. Um, I will, there is, uh, there are no stop signs, no stop lights on the island. There are no chain restaurants on the island with the exception of one Dairy Queen. And so it is this opportunity to just get away from that, eat a tremendous amount of fantastic fresh caught fish and just walk, be, read and enjoy at that time of year in, in the summer, some some far better weather than we have here in Orlando. <laughs> yes. I know. I hate being here in the summertime. Our winter's beautiful, yeah. but uh, summertime, I would I would love to go there. And it sounds like that's your happy place for it sure. Is. It is. It <laughs> definitely is my happy place. <laughs> that's awesome. Now, one question. We are going to um, change things up a little bit for this one. What song uh, right now inspires you? <laughs> well, funny you should ask that, Val. <laughs> <laughs> I think for anyone who is listening who knows me, they will not be surprised that I will um, use a Bruce Springsteen song. No um, way. No way, I know. <laughs> um, but, I, you know, I, I think I, I, this particular song... Um, it, it it was done. Um, it was written in 1999, and it is as relevant today as it was then. It's called "Land of Hope and Dreams," um, and I think that when I think about the work that I do, this song encompasses all of all of it. And you know, it is this idea that we are all on this train together. And this train it carries saints and sinners, losers and winners, uh, lost souls. But this train dreams will not be thwarted and faith will be rewarded. There is this idea that we will get to this land of hope and dreams. And, um, you know, and I think that when it comes back to that mentoring piece, there is this one, one lyric, and if you'll indulge me just for a moment, you know, it starts off, I will provide for you and I'll stand by your side. You'll need a good companion for this part of the ride. Leave your, behind your sorrows. Let this day be the last tomorrow there'll be sunshine and all this darkness past. Big wheels roll through fields where sunlight streams. Meet me in a land of hope and dreams. And that to me kind of, it inspires me to do the work that I do. It reminds me of why we do the work that we do. And um, it is a fantastic song to see performed live. So I encourage all of you to go and Google just Land of Hope and Dreams, Bruce Springsteen, if you have not heard it and take a take a watch or a listen to that song. 
That gives me chills. And can you tell our listeners, this is not in the rapid fire questions, but um, how many times you've seen Bruce Springsteen live? Well, okay, but see, Val, that may make me sound a little nuts. Um, and so let me preface this by saying I, I attend Bruce Springsteen shows, um, and I have, to, I have to give a shout out to my mother. She is my Bruce partner in all of this. Um, we take the, the perspective of going to a Bruce show is like having, or buying tickets is kind of like having tickets for a sporting event or a team. And, and the difference is, is that when we buy our tickets and we attend that event, our team always wins. Whereas if you go to a football game, your team might not win. Um, and so in that vein, I will tell you that we have seen him 85 times. Um, but that's been over a number of years. So <laughs> it's, and that wasn't uh, last year. It wasn't last year. No. And I, I, he has actually, um, this is going way off track, but he has an album coming out this week. And I think the thing I'm excited and yet I'm also kind of sad because um, the best part about a new album coming out is the, is the knowledge that a tour is going to follow. And so that is an even more of a reason why we need to all wear masks and uh, stay, you know, follow all social distancing so that we can get concerts back. <laughs> yes. Concerts and chocolate making classes. Exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. And he, I mean, he's an incredible artist. I would not blame you for going that many times. No, I think, you know, he, he, uh, he, as they say, empties the tank every single time that you see him. And it is a different show every time that he, you see him. And, and I, I think as kind of a funny side note to it is occasionally I will, um, with our students in our program, we have a call and response, um, that uh, we started a couple of years ago, and and it's actually based off of his song "No Surrender," and it's um, the call and response is from the song "No Retreat, No Surrender," and so I'll yell out "No Retreat," and our students will respond with "No Surrender," um, which is really cool to hear them sing so so much so that one of our students actually went and had was so inspired by that, had that line tattooed on her abdomen, which was not my intention. <laughs> Um, but I'm sure if I could get that message to him, he might be pretty impressed. <laughs> That's incredible. So a couple more rapid fire. Yes, let's get back to the, we could spend many, many minutes talking about that, but let's, let's get back to rapid fire. We'll do a Bruce Springsteen show. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm on it. <laughs> now during the quarantine, especially, what is your number one favorite show to binge? Oh gosh, um, how many shows have I binged um, since March? I, you know, I think I'm not a huge binger per se. I can't sit and just watch, you know, ten episodes in a row. Um, but I will, I will kind of attack a show and I'll watch several each day. Right now, um, I am one of those kind of latecomers who have come to Shit's Creek and I love it, and I have. I'm into uh, season two and it's like, I don't want to watch it too quickly because I know that it ends in four more seasons. Mm -hmm. Um, if I'm, if I'm uh, my embarrassing one that I did actually binge a little bit more so, uh, than I thought was Cobra Kai. And I think it was just tying back to my, uh, my, uh, uh, karate Kid <laughs> movie days, um, but, but then on a normal, a normal year, also Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, I absolutely love. It was a great choice. I can't wait for the next season to come I out. Know, it was such a cliffhanger. I know. I know. 
And Shit's Creek, I'm very sad that it's over. Um, I wish that I didn't binge, but I binged that last season and probably like a Saturday. So <laughs> I am trying very like to be very strategic to maybe do two in a night and just slowly and appreciate it. <laughs> yes, that is a that is a good plan. And so kind of on the similar vein, um, what is your favorite quarantine activity? Oh, this one's tough, I guess. I, you know, I, I've enjoyed, um, I've been, I like, I really enjoy cooking. I think now I'm somewhat over. So early on, I was enjoying cooking. I am now kind of overcooking, um, and would like to be able to go out to restaurants and, and feel comfortable doing that more frequently. I'm not quite there yet, so I'm still cooking. Um, hanging with my pup, Franklin. Um, I think yes. that has been both, uh, um, I don't think he quite understood why I was working remotely. I think he has now settled into what that normally, what a normal day for him now looks like. But that's been kind of fun being able to spend more time with him. And, you know, I think I'm looking forward to once, uh, hopefully those weather cools down. We got a sneak peek a little while ago. But Mm -hmm. once we're really into that nice, cool, um, even colder weather that Florida sometimes gets, getting outside and really being outside and walking, that that to me, I think, has brought some level of sanity over the course of the last seven or eight months. I think so, too, just getting outside and experiencing the sunshine and hopefully not you know, 90 degree Florida weather. <laughs> exactly. And I think that, you know, I felt, um, I have so many friends who live, um, up in the Northeast and, and in the Midwest and, and, you know, watching them, um, I think especially in, in March and April, they were just stuck inside, inside apartments, inside of homes. And I think that that's why so many of us down here did not have that same sense of being stuck because we were outside. It was gorgeous. I think we may have felt that a little bit more over the summer as the humidity and the heat <laughs> intensified, yes. but um, in any event. <laughs> yes. Well, Kelly, thank you so much for coming on and for speaking with us today. Now, tell us where can listeners connect and find more information? I know you kind of touched on that briefly. Absolutely. So you can reach us uh, via email at horizonscholars at valenciacollege.edu. You can find us on social media on Facebook uh, at Valencia College Horizon Scholars. You can find us at, uh, on Instagram as well uh, and Twitter as well. Also, all Valencia uh, College Horizon Scholars. You can DM us through through those sites. Um, we do have a website. It is a very very long one, and so I'm not gonna mm-hmm. not gonna actually say the whole thing. But if you just Google Valencia College Horizon Scholars, it will be the first one that pops up. Our information is is probably much better on our social media as we are working on a redesign of the website, but you can definitely find good information there. And and you know, and I'll even throw up my my personal email is K Astro, so that's K A S T R O at ValenciaCollege.edu. You can email me directly um, or call me at 407-582-3120. And I would be more than happy to talk with you about our program, uh, talk about uh, getting you set up as a mentor, or talking about doing, we do presentations at different, um, with different organizations and companies to recruit mentors to our program. 
And there are other ways to get involved with the Horizon Scholars. In addition to being a mentor, you can also help us uh, providing uh, financial support to provide uh, to support a student. You can sponsor various events with us. Um, so there are a lot of different ways to be able to get involved. Um, and so we would love to talk with your listeners about all of those various ways. And um, I just thank you so much for the opportunity to share our program and to spend a little bit of time with your listeners today. Well, thank you so much. I am very excited for them to learn more about this program. It's been so impactful for me personally, and I know that it will make a difference for these students and anything we can do as an audience, anything that listeners can do to help out. I know that community is more important right now than ever. I truly believe that. And so we really appreciate you coming out and sharing with us. Well, thank you, Val. And, uh, I just keep keep up the good work with this podcast. I am so impressed by it, and I just appreciate your your service to our students so much. Thank you. Anyone else feeling inspired right now? Just to give you all a little background, I'm currently in my second year of serving as a mentor in the Horizon Scholars Program, and I find it to be so incredibly rewarding. I love being able to give back to a student along her journey, and to have that opportunity to give back in this way. So I encourage all of you, whether it's through Horizon Scholars, the larger Take Stock in Children program, or any program that's offered locally in your school districts, look for ways to give back through mentorship. It truly will make a difference in both your life and in the student's life. So for those who are interested in serving as a mentor in the Horizon Scholars program, I've linked all of Kelly's info in the show notes. Horizon Scholars, again, is part of that Take Stock in Children program. So for those of you who are in other parts of Florida who may want to serve as a mentor in your own county, I've linked information for Take Stock as well. And then, of course, I've linked that mentoring.org site for those in other parts of the country who are looking for programs closer to home. As always, I love hearing your feedback. If you liked this episode, please rate and review. It helps other people find the podcast. Subscribe so you can keep up with new episodes more easily and share with a friend that you think might enjoy. If you have a topic that you'd like to see, please drop me a line at Valerie at wellnessandwanderlust.net or DM me on Instagram at wellnessandwanderlustblog. I hope you'll come back and we'll look forward to seeing you next week.